Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello there. My name is Miles Jupp, and I'm just interrupting you as you listen to whatever it is that you actually want to listen to to tell you about the second series of Middle Please Umpire. Middle Please Umpire is a podcast that I, Miles Jupp, if you weren't concentrating when I first introduced myself only moments ago, that's not a criticism, your thoughts are your own and you must focus them wheresoever you yourself choose, host with Mark Wood, the 95 mile an hour bowling, England playing World Cup winning Northumberland hailing cricket lunatic Mark Wood. It's another series of episodes of the two of us talking about cricket and indeed any other stuff that springs to mind both with each other and also with a succession of frankly illustrious guests. We lift the lid on Mark's life as an international sportsman, basically he spends a lot of time icing himself, and take you on a whistle-stop journey through the windmills of his mind. I, a mere fan, listen agog, giggle excitedly, and try and draw comparisons with my own rather more mundane existence. All episodes of Middle Please Umpire are available right now from your favourite podcast providers. Welcome to the Man City Show. This is Tony Newgrosh holding the microphone once more for Nigel Rothband. Come back soon, Nigel. So, it's squeaky bum time as we well and truly enter the business end of the season. Joining me in the executive lounge of football punditry tonight, it's three CEOs of blue-bloodedness. It's Paul Denby. Hi, Paul. Good evening. Good to be here. It's Stuart Brodkin. Hello there. And it is, of course, Nick Goldstone. Hi, Nick. Hi, Tony. Four games then, and much to talk about, chaps. Let's start, if we may, with, for me, what was a really intense game against Borussia Dortmund, the 2-1 victory. Nick, pleased with that? 2-1, good enough? It was pretty tight, wasn't it? It was, uh, I mean, clearly, you know, we got the goal right at the very end. um, And we were were awfully lucky. um, And our friend Edison was awfully lucky. to get away with uh, what was a pretty uh, horrendous error uh, in a very big game. Um, so, you know, yeah, you don't get any easy ties in the quarterfinals of the Champions League. Um, we were playing a tough team 
and we got a victory one way or another. So we've got to be pretty pleased with that. Uh, but it's uh, it's certainly not cut and dried for the second leg, that's for certain. Yeah, and we'll come on to that in a minute. Paul, how impressed were you with Borussia? I was very impressed. Uh, I read quite a few things afterwards. There's a lot of people, the German press apparently said that was the best they'd played for a long time. And that doesn't surprise me because they're not having a great season in, in the German league. Um, and they outperform their normal stuff. But that's what a team needs to do when it reaches the quarterfinals of the Champions League. That's what we should be doing as well. And clearly they they were a good team. They did what they needed to do. They hit us a couple of times. Yeah, we were very lucky with the Edison um, issue, but we're owed a little bit of luck in this stage of the Champions League. So I don't begrudge the fact that we got it. I mean, we've had a, our fair share of bad decisions go against us. So a little bit of luck helps. 2-1, yeah, it's it's in it's right in the balance. That score in the first leg is the closest score in the first leg. Looking at the statistics, it says it could go either way. It's about 55-45 in favour of the leaders being 2-1 up historically. Every other score, it goes much further away from being as close as that. So still, I'm. we'll talk about the second leg, I dare say, later on. So I won't go into that just yet. Stuart, how was it for you? Was it, did you, slightly odd question, did you enjoy it? No, I, I never enjoy it, to be honest. Um, even when they're like three and up with 10 minutes to go, I get I get a bit panicky. Um, I thought they were they were quite good for Russia. They, they were quick uh, on the counter-attack, particularly, obviously. Um, but all teams at this stage of the Champions League are, are good. There's no rubbish teams that got through this far, uh, thus far. So, you know, that's what we expect in the quarter-final of the Champions League. And if we can't, we can't beat teams at this level, uh, and we shouldn't be there. Uh, one nil would have been a much better scoreline, obviously. Uh, I think we deserve to win, uh, but they probably deserve the goal. But if we score early on, you know, maybe in the first 10, 15, 20 minutes, uh, could be a tough ask for them. And they've no uh, yellow wall uh, to deal with, for, for City to deal with. Yeah. You know, not, normally have 80,000 fans there. It'll be like a you know, a normal game for us away game, and we've done pretty well away from home. So, yeah, I, I wasn't displeased, but it was, a, like you say, earlier, it was squeaky bums on in that game as well as it is this week as well. Yeah. Nick, anything to add to that? Uh, yeah, I mean, Paul totally nailed it. It was, it's what it, what it's all about at this point is that Dortmund may have, may well have played better than they've played for weeks. We didn't. Uh, and that's what that's you know that's where it really starts to hit home. We didn't play badly. We made some big errors in that game, which for the most part we got away with. I mean, their goal wasn't the result of an error. It was a it was a good goal. It was a you know not not outstanding, not not stunning in any particular way, but it was just a good high quality um, move and a good finish. Um, but we were quite fortunate. We missed some chances, um, but we just didn't play out of our skins. You know, you can come away from that game and said, we couldn't have played any better than that tonight. Because if we'd really done that, we'd have, you know, you'd have thought we'd have been a bit more comfortable in that game. And that's the difference, I think, that that's going... That's where the difference is going to lie now for the rest of the Champions League, um, as far as we may go. And, you know, for the cup games 
in the the domestic competitions as well um it's going to make the difference on in terms of what happens for the rest of the season and unfortunately historically you know champions league at least we record of just not quite turning up when we need to and that's where we've got to really make that's where it's all got to got to change um for yeah. things to for things to happen for us this year paul what did you want to add I always agree with the, the others. I think we look very nervous, especially the first 15 minutes. We The number of times we misplaced the ball, or I think there's a couple of times when we even let the ball run under the feet. I can't remember who it was now, but it was just, we looked like we weren't Morris. quite... Was it Morris? Thank you. And Morris is like pretty much up in the top few people in the world for controlling the ball first time. The most difficult balls he pulls out of the air and is brilliant. But it's the, something was wrong there. Now, was it nerves? Have they got uh, cityitis that we all suffer from from the seventies and eighties, or whenever we've been supporting City a bit younger, Tony? But for, for those of us that remember the bad old days, cityitis was a disease we all had. Now, these players playing at this level shouldn't have it. It shouldn't be inherited. They shouldn't have the DNA that we've got as supporters. But they seem to pick it up, and there wasn't even a crowd there that could put it onto them. So. It's a bit, a bit unsettling to understand what happened there and why they look so nervous. Yeah, trust me, I remember City-itis. But, um, Stuart, let's just talk yeah. through that. We're 1-0 we're well, up. I think, we, I think we suffer from nerves when we get to the knockout stage of the Champions League. I think that's happened almost every year we've been in the Champions League. Uh, that's why we haven't reached the final. Um, that's why we haven't won it. Um, you know, in the knockout stage, in the sorry, in the qualifying stage, we conceded one goal. We never looked uncomfortable in any game. Perhaps the first game, maybe uh, once we got into our rhythm in, in all these games, we just you know took teams apart. We were in control. Like Paul said, we were very very nervy in the first fifteen minutes or so, and I think that's a trend that's happened in the Champions League in the knockout stages. Maybe more so under Guardiola, who's probably more keen to win it than than he says he is. And maybe that's translated to the players. I don't know. Mm. That well, said, sorry, Nick, give you go on, Nick. Then go on. Do you want to respond to that? Well, I was really only going to add a little bit more in in the in the you know there's there's there is a the, I, I I I'm not sure it's really a a a, a cityitis issue anymore. That's a little bit um, done and. Dusted, but there's certainly a, a Guardiola <laughs> Champions League um, uh, sort of issue there of one kind or another. No one can quite put the finger on what it is, and, it, and there are so many variables and take into account that it's it's nigh on impossible to know what 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 the real influences are and 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 what aren't. You know, there's. There's good decisions, bad decisions, good selections, bad selections, good luck, bad luck, and whatever. And you're just not quite sure. But we've we've got a, a sort of history of of swinging between overly gung ho hail mary type performances and overly cautious and nervous performances, and we're not sure we've yet to actually hit that sweet spot right in the middle in a really important tie. Where, where we've actually made it count, um, so it's 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 still it's still something that that Pep's got to find for all his phenomenal success. 
in that and how to make it work at City. No, fair enough. I was going to say, we, we did start slowly, unquestionably, but we're 1-0 up. We get a penalty, Paul. Was it a, a penalty for you? It's quite extraordinary, really, I thought. What, what did you make of it? Rodri was a bit embarrassing with what he did, clutching his head, because the guy made no contact at all with his head. Had he clutched his leg, where he did seem to make contact, I think we might have got more chance of being having the penalty maintained or not overruled. It, it would have been a very, very soft penalty. When we saw it in, on the VAR replay, I said straight away, that's not going to stand. It's going to over, be overruled or he's going to take it, take it away. So I had no complaints that it was taken away. And Rodri, I'm sorry, if I was in Pep's shoes, I'd be saying to Rodri, please don't do that again with a Manchester City shirt on. We see other players from other clubs doing it and we don't like it. If you get fouled, fair enough, and make the most of it if, if it is a genuine foul. But do not go clutching your head when he's not even touched it because TV will show that and it's embarrassing. Well, fair point. As you say, though, he, he was caught on the knee and I suspect if, yeah. he, if he'd held his knee, he might have got a penalty. Look, we'd only have missed anyhow, so, yeah, so it's not worth true. worrying about. <laughs> um, Nick's already alluded to it, but Stuart, Edison got away with one there? Yeah, very much so. <clears throat> um, normally when he comes out, he judges it beautifully. I mean, inside the box, just inside the box, outside the box, wherever he might be, he seems to know where he is on the pitch. But this time he got it completely wrong. I thought it was a, a very dodgy decision by the referee. But as, as we've said earlier, we do a bit of luck in the Champions League. Look what happened to us against Spurs a couple of times two years ago. Um, you've got to ride your luck in those games. You know, the, the best team doesn't always win. The luckiest team might win. But we've got to, you know, we, we've got to accept some decisions will go against us. We, we probably would have had a penalty had he clutched his knee. Uh, we probably should have had a, a, they should have had a goal against us, uh, you know, for the Edison instance, so it swings around the boat, you know. Yeah, I think that's a fair comment. Nick, what did you make of, of the formation? Again, we went in with this, this false number nine, as it were, no striker. Did it work for you? Um, well, it, it, it was, it was not a surprise. I think, you know, had we turned up with that team in a big game this time last year or even in August or September or October or November, we would have said, good, you know, what the hell's going on now? It's like, yeah, not a big deal, not a shock. It's not a surprise. Um, so, you know, I think the way that we play these games... The way that we've played historically, you know, you look at the Leon game, for example, last year, you know, there was a, a surprisingly uh, slightly unusual uh, strategy and selection for that game. It didn't go well. I think for this one, you don't, for any, for any lack of um, success in the game, it wasn't for a wildly unusual selection or strategy on Pep's part. Um, it was just that, you know, as I said earlier, we, we were good, but we weren't great. We didn't play out of our skins and we didn't, we didn't get the kind of performance where you say, you know, absolutely brilliant, best we've seen all year, which is what, you know, that's where, again, where we, we fall down the strategy. We've got a manager that knows how to win 95, 90, 97% of games without really 
breaking sweat for the most part, but it just doesn't step itself up. And, you know, there are some people who might think it's complacency or might call it complacency. It looks like they're a little bit um, lacking in real intensity in big games. It's kind of not really that. It's it's almost like, you know, they go out thinking, we'll just do what we do every other week. As we do what we're supposed to do, you know, we've, we've got a very high chance of getting the result that we want. there was a certain uh, Mr Harland playing up front for, for Borussia Dortmund what did what did you make of him um, yeah he did two things that I can remember one he obviously laid the goal off for Royce which was a nice little touch that he put around the back of our defence great little touch the second one is a bit concerned the way he brushed Diaz aside uh, concern if he doesn't come to City great if he did come to City uh, but he did just push past him quite easily uh, but then he should have finished, and he didn't. And Edison made a good save. Mm. He didn't do that much, to be honest, in in the match. And I think we we whether we played him well and focused on not giving him the opportunity, I'm not sure. But clearly, we uh, it's, I can't judge him on the one game I saw him. His figures speak for themselves, though, in terms of historically or his when I say historically this season, Champions League goals, goals per game, etc. He is a brilliant striker. Last uh, Tuesday, when he played against us. He didn't look a brilliant striker, but I can't judge. You can't judge somebody on one game. Yeah, first time he's not scored in the Champions League. Yes, so he must have done something right. I think going back to earlier, you know, we've been more pragmatic, or Pep has, and it's very difficult to raise your game when you've won twenty six out of twenty seven. You know, we, we're getting through the season pragmatically, doing what we need to do, okay, we didn't raise our game too much against Borussia Dortmund, but we have been controlling games in a Champions League-type way in the Premier League, to be fair. And as as Paul says, you know, you can't judge a player on one game. His figures are good. He's, been, he's had four teams in four seasons, I think, and he's saying today he would choose Real Madrid and Man City. Maybe he'll play half a season with each, I don't know. But he's, <laughs> you know, he's, he's obviously a very, very good player. How good he is, we don't really know. It's, it's probably, you know, he's scoring goals in a decent league. He's, sc- he's scored a lot of goals in, in the Champions League uh, qualification stages or whatever you call them. Uh, some of the teams in those, in those games are not very good. So let, let's, see how, let's how, see how he goes. But I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't sort of, you know, drop down dead and, you know, if, if he didn't join us. That's pretty Apparently his wage demands are uh, enormous. And his agent and his father are going to cash in as well. So maybe we don't want to deal with people. I don't know. Okay. So, Nick, interesting at the end there. I don't know if uh, young Phil Foden was tapping him up at the end. But, uh, <laughs> you know, who, which of those two is worth 100 million in your opinion? Uh, yeah, I was not massively massively impressed by Haaland. I mean, he's clearly an apps. I didn't realize, I honestly didn't actually realize how gigantic he is. So he's, he's an, he's an absolute animal of a, of a guy. What is he? 19, 20 odd. 
I mean, mm. incredible. Um, he's clearly a very good and talented player. He's clearly got a very good footballing brain. Um, so he's obviously a ve- you know a really really top guy. He didn't blow me away as far as his performance on the night was concerned. Um, yeah, uh, it, it, you know, it's not going to be life or death whether Haaland joins joins our team or not. Um, be great if he does, but I can certainly see that uh, you know no one's gonna no one's gonna spend two hundred million or whatever the number is and half a million or a million pound a week. You know, he's gonna he's gonna go somewhere else or he's gonna sit in in Dortmund for a little bit longer. I suspect. Well, I wouldn't say no. But let's look ahead to the second leg now, Paul. Um, you expecting any great tactical changes for that? Uh, Jose Mourinho-esque back 10, perhaps, and defending that one-goal lead? How, how do you think we'll play it? Well, the answer to that question is obviously no. Because <laughs> Pep, Pep, Pep's not Jose, and uh, thank, thankfully. Um, I, I think Pep will go all out to score the early goal. I think Stuart said earlier on, if we can get a goal in the first 10, 15 minutes, it changes the tie quite a bit. I'm pretty confident we'll score a goal because we do score goals. Yes, sometimes it takes a long time to break teams down. But um, it's going to be an interesting game, a very challenging game. I don't enjoy these games at all, like Stuart said again a few minutes ago. I get nervous and I'm, mm-hmm. it's, it's ridiculous. I'm, I'm, an, I'm an old man now. I shouldn't be getting nervous when I'm watching a football game, but I do. And I'm like a little kid. Like when I used to go the weekend before City played United. You you go to the you go off on the Friday, come think come back on the Monday into school, and you think we better win because I can't stand those red. What they're going to say? And I feel all right. I don't have to face Borussia Dortmund or, or even anybody else tomorrow after the game. It doesn't it doesn't bother me anymore. But I still feel nervous before the games, and I didn't feel that much nervous before Leeds game, and we'll talk about it in a minute. But any cup game now, I feel nervous, and I think that's just the way it's going to be for the rest of the season. It was like. Two seasons ago, when we were going for the title versus Liverpool, every match mattered. And now it's the same in the cup games. Every match matters. So it will be very, very tight, I think. And it could go either way on Wednesday. If we're up for it, play our best football or and can contain them, we'll get through. But any, any slip-ups, and if we're not on our game, then they, I could see them winning that horrible score of 1-0 and we're out. Yeah, no, bring it on. Stuart, are you expecting any... Uh... Formation changes or changes in personnel for the second leg? Well, from Saturday or from the from, previous Yeah, from the previous Dortmund game. I don't, I don't think so, no. I think, you know, the key players up front are going to be Mahrez uh, and Foden, Gunder and De Bruyne. At the back, Diaz, you know, and Stones. I think, you know, as we've said, if we play our best game, and it's a big ask because, you know, we, we've not played absolutely brilliantly in any games recently we've just done enough to win I think um, we'll win it and we need to a, a, we need to go out there to win not not to defend we can't do that we, even with our very very good defence we can't go out there to defend so I, I'm hoping that we'll go out and press them very 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 hard early on get a, get a goal early on and then control 2-0 <laughs> 2 <laughs> go on Nick what's your prediction for, for the Dortmund second leg uh I predict that it's going to be agonising. <laughs> it will be the score. Uh, um, look, I, I, standing risk of, at risk of sounding like a broken record, 
I almost don't care as long as we just play out of our skins. There's no need for any, uh, you know, bizarre selections. There's no need for any change in strategy. There's no need for any change in formation. It's just put the best team out there that you think is right. Let them do what they normally do, but make sure they play out of their skins. Um, okay, I'll, I'll, you know, prediction 1-1 one, one on the night and we go through. I think it's going to be really tight, um, but I think we'll make it. Paul? I knew you were going to ask me. I was going to say one all as well, so I'll stick with the one all. I think we've got a fantastic away record, though. I think we've won, I lost track, is it about 15 on the run away from home, including some tough matches. Uh, Leicester a couple of weeks ago on paper was a tough match and we went out and totally outplayed them. Um, Dortmund, it depends which Dortmund turn up. If Dortmund turn up the same team that played us last week, one all. If we can master it, 2-0. City. Glad to hear it. You heard it here first. So City comfortably going through in the Champions League. <laughs> Not comfortably. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a break. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Welcome back, everyone. Okay, let's talk about slightly more disappointing leads on Saturday. Um, Stato, I'm going to start with you. 29 shots to two. Normally, normally should be a convincing victory. What went wrong? Oh, several things, I think. Shooting boots. I don't quite remember 29 shots. I know those were the statistics. But a lot of them were blocked. A lot of them got nowhere near the keeper. I think... uh, their keeper had one, only a couple of seconds. Remember, the Zinchenko shot that he had to save. I mean, Stones blasted one over the bar. Um, um, Fernandinho hit one. There was comfortable saves. There weren't really challenging shots for the keeper to save. They defended with six across the back, particularly in the second half when they were down to 10 men. And we just couldn't break them down. Um, part of me says, why did they put Fernandinho in the back when they've got a fast-breaking team? Because that looked like a disaster waiting to happen. Unfortunately, it did. And it happened just before they scored when Edison made a good save, a sort of sliding tackle. And then, of course, they broke away and broke between Fernandinho and Stones again and scored. It seemed a bit strange to put Fernandinho there. Um, and I'm a bit of a loss as to why we didn't make one more substitution uh, in, in the second half. We only made two. It could have been anybody coming off because nobody had a particularly good game. And if I'm allowed to call the people out, which of course I am allowed to, Sterling had an atrocious game again. Uh, Mendy was um, oh. awful. And um, Torres, I feel sorry for him. He, he scored the goal, but he, 
he struggles to get into the games when there might, might be lack of game time. I won't call him out because I think he's, he's a young lad and maybe he'll get the second season. But nobody had a brilliant game for us. Bernardo was off. There were just too many players misfiring on Saturday. Yeah. So we got what we deserved. Stuart, seven changes. Hindsight's yeah. a wonderful thing. I think we all understand why Pep made that many changes. But momentum's very important in football. Was that? In, do you think that was the right thing to do? Um, I don't think it was a great side we put out. And any team, any team with Mendy, and I know he scored against Leicester, but he is a complete liability. Um, certainly in the first half, I don't, I, you don't, I don't think he ever played at fullback at any point. Um, so what, what does he bring to the team? It was um, extraordinary, wasn't it? He, he was like a drunk on a bouncy castle yeah, or something, yeah. wasn't he? Just <laughs> all over the place. Absolutely. Uh, we had 36 courses, apparently, which is, I think, a record in the Premier League for certainly the last few seasons. But Jekko, unfortunately, wasn't fit enough to play, so he wasn't <laughs> of getting any of those into the... We haven't got a single player in that side that could head the ball inside the box. As far as, you, you name one in that side that can head a ball. I couldn't. Uh, so what's the point of putting over 36 crosses? We have 14 shots inside the box. But I don't think the keeper made that many. Most of them were blocked. So they had, you know, they strung six across the back. They defended inside their penalty area virtually. Mm. Had stones playing sort of like attacking midfield. Mm. I've never seen a player do that in my life. Uh, but I don't know. A lot of people said we got what we deserve, but did we? You know, we, we, there was no lack of intent. A lot of players are off form. Sterling's decision making was back to where it was a couple of years ago. Um, I don't know. Mendy, as we say, is poor, was poor. Uh, Torres, like you say, Paul didn't get into the game, but it's probably first season syndrome. But you know, I don't know that it didn't look right to me the whole setup. But there you go. We would have normally have said, well, you know, we can accept that as a one off in this season, but that's not the team we're going to play on Wednesday night or on Saturday. So it, it just forget it, I would say. So put it down to experience. I'm hearing. Let's. I mean, we've talked about a few individuals there. One I think we have to mention again, and I know we've covered him in the past, is our old friend Gabriel Jesus. Now, apparently, he's a striker, um, and he's all over the place, isn't he, Nick? I, sometimes I just find it so frustrating. Just play up front. You just score an ugly goal, or is that why we need someone like Haaland? <laughs> well. It, where, where do you start with that? Um, I'm not his biggest fan um, as a player. I've got nothing against the guy personally. I'm sure he's a lovely chap. Um, I think you've got to you've got to accept that when you play for Pep Guardiola, to a large extent, you do what you're told by Pep Guardiola. So you've got you've got to sort of caveat slightly your criticism of 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 any player in terms of what he does because you've got to assume that he's being he's doing what he's been told to do and someone that, who plays week in week sorry, out Nick, for does, Guardiola does that include conceding penalties in the first minute against your well, bitter cross city rivals well well to some extent yes because clearly the players are told if you lose the ball you've got to go and win it back and if you do that a bit a sort of headless chicken and lose your 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 mind for a minute or two, then you go off and and you foul someone in in the penalty area and you give away a penalty. But yeah, but 
as I said, I'm not I'm not his biggest fan, Jesus. I, I, it's 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 almost you know beyond understanding how in a game where we've dominated to a, a, a fairly large extent, and it, you know, as Stuart or and Paul said, the, the stats are slightly misleading. It wasn't a sort of twenty nine to two chances game. It was slightly different to that, but it wasn't too far away from it. But in that sort of a game. When your your striker or your your player who's supposed to be your main striker is is almost entirely out you know out of the out of the TV picture for ninety eight percent of the match, you've got to wonder whether between what he's being told to do and what he is doing on the pitch, something's not going right in in one or both of those elements, and I think that's clearly the case. Okay, Paul, I'm expecting this to be a pretty quick answer, to be honest. Anyone of that team play their way into your Borussia Dortmund side for Wednesday night? Well, obviously there were seven changes, therefore by numerical subtraction, there were four players that played in the first leg. So I would expect all or three of them. I don't know whether Pep will make the, he'll make the odd change from the original Dortmund. He might keep the same team as Dortmund first leg or make the odd change, but he's not going to go back to the same team as Leeds by a long way. It'll be more or less the same as the Dortmund team. Stuart, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think you're right, uh, Paul. Uh, <clears throat> by the way, Jesus won as a penalty, by the way, and gave one away against United, but one one against Leeds. Well, <laughs> I'm, not his, I'm not his greatest fan, but I... I I think Paul and I both believe that you, whoever plays in a blue shirt or whatever shirt we play in, uh, you support that player until that player was dropped by Pep and told, bugger off. Uh, it's a bit like Mendy, although I can't really support him. But yeah, the team will be the same, I would say. We might, Sterling won't play. Uh, he might come on late as a substitute. We need, we need a goal, I don't know. But maybe that's not an answer either. Um, I don't know. I think we'll, we'll stick with the team that plays. Nick, anything to add to that? I think we've well, you asked me. You asked me about Jesus, so I replied. I replied. I replied about Jesus, but I think in terms of the in terms of the Leeds game, what was disappointing, you know, is not is not the result because it's all it's very likely to be. Um, uh, uh, unimportant, um, and. You know, not wildly unexpected, it, 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 and it, it, well, it, it wasn't disappointing that there were so many changes because there should have been changes. It was right, it was completely understandable to make a lot of changes for that game. Um, and yes, that makes things difficult because it changes the dynamics on the pitch. It changes the relationships between players who are not necessarily playing with those who they would play with ordinarily um but that being said you know it was disappointing because there were a lot of individual performances that were relatively poor um and that you know it's disappointing because for me i take it rightly or wrongly and clearly slightly weirdly that it's a personal insult to me that my my players in my blue shirts play poorly uh, one week or the next and might lose a game 
but also and slightly less uh, weirdly that it's just the fact that it's a squad game more than it's ever been and that when the squad gets used for games like that they've got to step up and say to themselves not I'm here to make up the numbers to pick something up because the rest of them need to be rested for the big game but you know I want to I want to get a medal at the end of the season as well as part of the squad and I need to step up and actually turn up for the game that is important for me and important for the team this week and get the result and there were too many players you know and it's not it's not necessarily about picking up out any one or other but there were just too many of them that didn't turn up on the day um, and that's you know that was pretty disappointing hopefully Stuart? hopefully we forget about that okay Stuart might it be a blessing Sorry, just in disguise say, hey, we forget it it's done it's gone it's not going to matter and we move on mm. Stuart might it be a blessing in disguise though given the, the uh, dispel any complacency that might have been there I don't think any pet team is complacent. I, I just believe that he probably made two or three too many changes. Uh, it's difficult to gel. I mean, I have not played for months. Mendy can't play at all. Uh, I don't know. It, you know, you make seven changes, a lot. Mm. I know we've made five, four, five, six, maybe, but uh, it, it, it won't make a difference. I don't think it'll knock their confidence. Only the fans, you know, because we, we've got no confidence anyway, even if we won 27 out of 28. So it won't make a difference now. It's a completely different ball game, literally, on Wednesday night. Yep, bring it uh, on. Paul, we will still win the league, though, won't we? We uh, will. Please tell me we'll still win the league. Please. Yeah, of course we will. Even I know there are some City supporters out there on Twitter and on the social media that feel that because we lost to Leeds, our second loss in 29 games, it's all downhill from now. Uh, my glass is half full. Um, it's more than half full. It's seven-eighths full. We will win the league. It'll be, we'd have to capitulate beyond all belief. We need 10 points to win the league. That's three wins and a draw out of our last six games. And that assumes that the Reds win all their games as well, which, yeah, OK, they beat... Tottenham, they've still got a couple of tough games coming up. So uh, we shouldn't even be looking over our shoulders. We should just concentrate on getting those points and get the job done as quickly as we can so we can then concentrate, assuming we're still in the uh, Champions League on the semi-final, etc. Bring it on. OK, let's move on to our third competition of the week then. As you said before, it's been a long season, hasn't it? I'm knackered just from watching. I, I shudder to think what state the player's in. FA Cup semi-final this weekend, all to play for. Chelsea, 5.30 on Saturday. Should be a good game. Looking forward to it. Stuart, is this a, how, where does this sit in as far as priorities for the club goes? Um, I think it's a big priority. Um, we get to the, you know, the final of the FA Cup again. Uh, we haven't won it that many times, to be fair, under Pep, uh, or recently for that matter. Uh, Chelsea are banging form. Uh, they've been transformed, I would say, since Lampard was kicked out. Uh, he's, he's a decent manager there's no question about that he's got some players who are in good form they play good football they'll be very very tough to beat I feel uh, but he'll you know once we get once we get through hopefully the Wednesday night job then uh, we can look forward to Saturday but I, I, I can't you know let's take it a game at a time <laughs> as they say <laughs> <laughs> Nick what sort of team are you expecting Pep to put out for that one? Oof uh, I think it's Cool. It kind of depends on 
what happens on Wednesday night a little bit. But then, you know, we've got 14, 15, 16 players that could easily rotate in and out in any in any number of combinations. I think what's interesting about it is, you know, we're, we've got all of these different competitions that we're in. But Chelsea are in almost the same situation at the moment. You know, they've got a Champions League game midweek, same as us. Um, they've got more league pressure than we've got um, because they are fighting for a Champions League spot. Um, and they've got a game on the Tuesday after the the game with them on at the weekend. Our game is on the Wednesday. Theirs is on the Tuesday. Um, so, you know, when it comes to strength of team, who we, who we select, um, for us, I think we've got, you know, we've got a lot of different options. Um, we may well find that we play what may, some may regard as a slightly weaker 11. You know, Sterling, obviously, if he doesn't play midweek in the Champions League, and I wouldn't totally rule this out, but if he doesn't, then he's more likely to start against Chelsea. But Chelsea have got exactly the same problems, same issues, same concerns. And we may well see a slightly weakened Chelsea team. And they've, you know, probably got a bit of a weaker squad than we've got. Yeah, and so, in many respects, sorry, move on to Paul now. Paul, uh, you could argue it's it's more of a must-win for Chelsea. It's it's their probably their best chance of winning a trophy this year. Um, um, yeah, they'd argue they've got a decent chance in knockout competition winning the Champions League. Um, it's they've got a two 0 lead. Their advantage compared to us on Saturday is their game's on Tuesday. We've got twenty four. We play twenty four hours later on Wednesday. They're also two 0 up, and I know they've got to go to Seville to play the second leg for their home leg. That's still befuddles me why it's a home and away, but never mind. Um, but they, they've got a bit of an advantage coming into the game. Going out of the game, yes, they're right. They've got a game before we have, but they can concentrate on Saturday's game, looking at their squad and saying, we really want to beat City on Saturday. We'll put our full-strength team out and go for it. Uh, it's a cup match, and we've got to do the same. Um, I think no matter what squad he puts, what team he puts out for Dortmund, assuming that he think, Pep thinks, and I think he will, that is our best eleven to start the game against Dortmund, I'll be very surprised if there's more than a couple of changes for the Chelsea game. I would have thought he'll have more or less the same team subject to injuries. He couldn't, can't afford to drop five or six of those players and go with half the team again. And then, uh, I know we're talking ahead, we've got four-day gap till the Villa game on the Wednesday. So that gives a player's chance to recuperate and get ready for that one. But I would certainly go out with our strongest available 11 against Chelsea on Saturday. That will be a tough game. So... This time in a week, we could have a Champions League semi-final to look forward to, an FA Cup final, a League Cup final, and we could be about to bring the league home. Or it could be very different. Stuart, give us your prediction for the FA Cup semi-final. Tough game. Um, we might just scrape it. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's a very tough game. Um, might even be tougher than Borussia Dortmund away. Uh, we'll, we'll get through, but... It'll be tough. No Glad score. to hear it. No Nick? score line offered. <laughs> We're going to do it, Nick? Um, actually, I've got a question. <laughs> do, does it go to extra time? And Yes, I think it yeah. does, doesn't it? Yeah. The FA Cup semi? Go. 
Mm. No replays, FA Cup. Um, no, no, no replays. <clears throat> you know, I would have. It would not remotely surprise me if Chelsea under Tuchel do what they tried to what well, do what they did in the uh, League Cup final a couple of years ago, which was basically play for penalties. Um, I think that's probably their best chance. I think they'll play a very defensive game, um, and they will, you know, they will try and nick a goal, but. Um, I am going to say that City will win it on penalties. <laughs> nil, nil. <laughs> it's that debonair it's got to you, hasn't it, Nick? Win on penalties. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That, that is my, well, prediction, finger in the air, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Um, it's going to yeah. it's it's be, be a long, tight. hard week, isn't it? Paul, I'm going to give you one last stat here, Paul. Just... Uh, Back to the Champions League. No team has scored more 90th minute goals than Manchester City since 2011-12. 17. And that one might also go down to the wire. So it's going to be a very interesting week. But are we going to get through to the FA Cup final, Paul? It's going to be 1-0. 2. I'm not saying. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be a very tight game. Hopefully it'll be to City, but it's going to be so tight. I think it'll be a very close, very, very close game. Really will. And let's hope it's a good game too. Listen, guys, thank you very much. Lovely to talk to you all. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Stuart. Thank you, Nick. Um, As I say, it's going to be a very interesting week. Enjoy, everyone. And we look forward to seeing you next week. Keep, take care and keep well. Bye now, everyone. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit Playback Media. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.